The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. There is no doubt what is the story of the week that everybody has been talking about. The acquittal of Jerry Hutch in the Special Criminal Court last Monday, largely on the basis that the judges believed that the evidence of Jonathan Dowdell, the state's key witness, simply wasn't believable. Not just that it couldn't be corroborated by anyone else, that it simply wasn't believable. And yet this man... This liar, this proven liar and criminal is getting witness protection and has had murder charges against him dropped. Before we get to the politics of it all with Daniel McConnell, the editor of the Business Post, first we're joined by Conor Gallagher, the crime and security correspondent of the Irish Times, because you in your newspaper have detailed where things stand with Dowdle and witness protection. But for those who haven't seen it, explain. Yeah, well, during the trial, uh, it was still up in the air about whether Dowdall was actually going to be admitted to the witness protection programme. It seemed pretty certain that he was and all the indications were going that way. But we got confirmation that that official decision has finally arrived. There was some logistical delays. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm not privy to those details, uh, but those have been largely resolved. Some are still out, out, uh, outstanding, but he has been admitted to the programme. Uh, the, as a, the witness security program, as it's called, he's been advised of his rights under the program and his responsibilities under program. But that's obviously not really going to kick in in force until he is finished serving his four year term imposed last late last year for his role in the Regency attack, which was assisting with uh, booking a room. Uh, used by one of the gunmen uh, in the attack. This was the the charge that replaced the original murder charge that was against him. And this is the sentence he's serving, having previously served a sentence for euphemistically called waterboarding a person. That's right. And, and, and this really goes to the heart of why, or partly goes to the heart of why the judges rejected Dowdall's evidence during this case. You know, he's a man, not only, as you said, a proven liar, but a... F- very, very poor character. Uh, he's a, a man with a violent past and not a violent past in terms of, you know, maybe because of addiction or, or, or poverty he got involved in crime. He's a man who, you know, while running a successful business, uh, abducted uh, or, or, or kidnapped a man who came to his house to buy a secondhand motorcycle, tortured him by uh, waterboarding him uh, threatened him, said he was a member of the IRA, assaulted him, like really horrific stuff, um, and received a 10-year term for that. And that's, that only came to light because of the Regency attack, because uh, after the Regency attack, the guardies searched his home uh, looking for evidence to do with the Regency, and they found a USB containing a video of him, Dowdall, and his father torturing uh, this victim. Why do they take a video of themselves doing that? Your guess is as good as mine, you know, that, uh, uh, I have that implies some sort of psychopath. It implies some sort of, yeah, I like some sort of <sighs> taking pleasure out of it, maybe wanting to boast about it. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. This was a man who was trying to project. He was a serving Sinn Féin councillor exactly. at that stage. He was a serving it? Sinn Féin councillor, pillar of the community, you know, sponsored uh, local football teams' jerseys, had uh, a, a, a thriving company with, I think, uh, a dozen employees had government contracts, you know, to do the electrics and government buildings. So he was a person who was portraying himself as a pillar of the local community. How videoing this stuff, and bear in mind, if he hadn't videoed this stuff, he wouldn't probably wouldn't be there today. And or, then 
there's something else which is relevant to what I want to come to Danny McConnell about in a moment, because the what we heard during the trial of Jerry Hutch, the audio of a conversation between Hutch and Jonathan Dowdall, which referred to what was described as the shooting up of Dowdall's uncle's house. What was that about? And was he involved in that? So this is the Uncle Jimmy saga, you know, which doesn't have uh, really much to do with the actual Regency attack, but was one of the many topics of conversation that all discussed with Hutch uh, uh, and during their drive north. Um, this is the 10 hours of recordings that were played to the court, you know, and among them talking about Hutch's, Hutch being a fan of Imelda May and uh, uh, Trump's chances in America and that sort of thing. Dowdall is boasting about the gun attack on his uncle, who's only identified as Jimmy. And uh, Dowdall tells uh, Hutch that uh, he was interviewed, uh, vetted, before running for uh, local elections uh, for Sinn Féin in 2014. He was vetted by uh, a, a relatively senior Sinn Féin official uh, who according to Dowdall, uh, asked him about this gun attack and said he'd heard maybe Dowdall might have been involved in quote-unquote riddling uh, uh, Uncle Jimmy's house. And Dowdall is boasting to Hutch really at this stage and he says, you know, I I lied to him. I, I said I had nothing to do with it or whatever, but I actually did do it and I was able to pull the wall all over. But can we believe that, given that he's a proven liar? Could it that he was just trying to boast to Jerry Hutch about doing something that he actually hadn't done? Yeah, so that's a really uh, fair point. You know, Dowdall has lied to everyone, basically. You know, he's lied to the guards, he's lied to the courts, he lied to your rival Joe Duffy uh, on Liveline when he said uh, he wasn't involved in criminality after the Regency attack. These are all documented by the Special Criminal Court. Um, and then, I, sorry, so if that's the case, why is this lying thug been given the benefit of the Witness Protection Programme at great expense to the state that when he leaves prison, serving another sentence for his role in the Regency murders, that he ends up getting a new life paid for by us? So there's two things there, right? I think the, he's entered into an agreement and, he's, uh, and, and he is at genuine risk. I mean, the Hutches want him. The Kinnahans might want them. The continuity IRA up north might want them. So he's a massive target on his back. When you say might want him, you mean they might want to kill him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, there is a target on his back. He's agreed to give evidence. That means he will never be safe in Ireland probably again. But, uh, so, you know, the guards may have a, an obligation there, but the question should be asked, why did they base their case around them at all? They knew how uh, poor character he was. They knew how his evidence was going to be interpreted by any reasonable judge or court. You know, so why did they enter into this deal? Was there another piece of evidence, a smoking gun that fell apart that they couldn't use? And is that why the case was so weak? The judge, uh, the uh, Miss Justice Tara Burns kind of alluded to this. Uh, she said Jerry Hutz was charged with murder before they even got out all to agree to to give evidence against them. And there again... That implied that there was other evidence that then they felt they weren't able to use, so they fell back on Dowdall's testimony to try and bolster a weak case. 
that's possible or that they were putting far, far too much weight on these uh, 10 hours of conversations that they bugged with uh, with Jerry Hutch. OK, I want to turn to the politics of this. And just before we hear from Daniel McConnell, the editor of the Business Post, I want to play a little bit of what the Public Expenditure Minister, Pascal Donoghue, who, of course, is also a TD who represents the Dublin Central constituency in which Dowdall was a councillor and is a constituency rival to Mary Lou MacDonald. Uh, I asked him last night about this topic and he said there are still some questions about Jonathan Dowdall that Sinn Féin needs to answer. Let's hear him. Well, I came across him on a couple of occasions um, as another public representative in Dublin Central. And that for me really uh, is where uh, Sinn Féin and Deputy MacDonald do have questions to answer. And they exist on a number of different levels. The first one, uh, what will be the revised Sinn Féin view regarding the Special Criminal Court, a court whose value we've seen again and again in very demanding situations uh, over the last number of weeks and months. And, and then secondly, um, it is uh, known and accepted that a, that a donation was made uh, by Jonathan Dowdall to uh, Mary Lou MacDonald. Why did it take four months for that, declare, for that uh, donation to become public knowledge and what has happened to us? That they are really, really important questions that need to be answered because fundamentally, if you aspire to be Taoiseach, if you aspire to be running a government, uh, which Deputy MacDonald does, and she reminds us of this every day, as is her right, that highest office is a question of judgment. It's a question of who you work with, why, what you know, and how you trust them. Um, the issues in relation to Jonathan Dowdall are profound that Sinn Féin and Mary Lou MacDonald have yet to fully answer. Daniel McConnell, editor of the Business Post. Is it really fair to Sinn Féin to put that allegation to them, given that clearly Dowdall had managed to dupe very many people for many years? I, I think it is legitimate, Matt, because I suppose it cuts to the heart of, of you know, there's a wider context in relation to Sinn Féin. It's, you know, past links with, you know, the IRA. You know, the, it is repeatedly and continuously accused of being an undemocratic party uh, and its question and its legitimacy and it, I suppose its commitment to democracy is continuously kind of, that's the charge that's often made across the floor of the doll, even in, in, in recent times by the current Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. You know, and uh, you know what I suppose what Mary Lou MacDonald did in, in the wake of the trial and literally, you know, Jerry Hutch had, had barely walked down the, the steps of the of the uh, the CCJ when she released a statement basically saying that, you know, there had been false and deeply offensive comments made about her during the course of the trial you know, and she was setting it that she'd never met Jared Touch and she'd never received any money or electoral support from him. Um, but in relation to Jonathan Dowdle, she said he should never have been a member of Sinn Féin. And had I known, this is Mary Lou MacDonald saying this, had I known he would become involved in what he uh, did, he would not have been a party member for one minute, let alone running for public office, and I would not have tolerated it. But as we've heard, as, as Pascal Dunne said, you know, not only was he a, a, you know, a kind of a, a party representative, he, he donated money to, to Sinn Féin and to Mary Lou MacDonald. So this is, this is a, a battle that has begun, particularly with Fine Gael. Fine Gael have been the party that have gone most on the attack in relation to Sinn Féin and Mary Lou MacDonald's links with Jonathan Dowdall. Now, you could say on one level it's doing them great damage because it's, this is a topic that, you know, causes them, you know, discomfort and, and is putting them on the back foot. You look at the polls, however, you know, they're still they're still well in the in the mid-30s to high-30s at this stage, well ahead of both Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil. So, on one level, this is doing them no damage whatsoever on the, on, on the face foot. But, you know, about that wider issue of, you know, its commitment to democracy and commitment yeah, to the law. Yeah, but Daniel, Leo Varadkar himself said in the Doyle yesterday and I quote, by the way, I do not think for a second that Sinn Féin is in any way responsible for Jonathan Dowdall's actions. I know it can be difficult to vet candidates and I don't believe in guilt by association. 
I was just going to come to that point, you know, on one level you have Pascal Dunu saying what he said to you uh, uh, on the radio, and you have statements coming out from the likes of Alan Farrell, you know, almost on a daily basis, you know, from the Fianna press office. Uh, you know, because you've had Jennifer Carol McNeil questioning about Sinn Féin's money in relation to Dowdle and elsewhere, almost, if not weekly, then certainly kind of very frequently. But at the same time, you then have their leader coming out and saying, actually, you know, every party has a difficulty with sort of properly vetting people. So that was a curious sort of line for Leo Record's sake, and, and is somewhat out of step with what his own party machine has been have been parroting very, very frequently in recent weeks. Um, so I wonder whether or not Leo Record sees that there probably is no more gain to be gone after, you know, in, in going down that particular route but at the same time as I said you had Pascal Dunhu on your show you know very much putting it up to Mary Lou MacDonald maybe that's local well, maybe it's not local because there. of what happened to him in relation to Michael Stone that in a strange way Michael Stone against whom no serious allegations could be made became a bigger problem for Pascal Dunhu than maybe Jonathan Dowdall a convicted criminal has become for Mary Lou MacDonald yeah, I think in Pascal Donoghue's case, I think it was the fact because it was the first time that he had found himself in any sort of personal difficulty, in, you know, in his long political career. It was the first time that I suppose his integrity had been called into question. Um, you you obviously had that link with Michael Stone, and ultimately, I think as someone who's aware of Michael Stone's activities, I think the biggest loss is is his re- resignation because he, in fairness, had done an awful lot. Of, this is my own constituency, Matt, so I know it well. He had done an awful lot of work as a, as a member of the community in terms of of helping and getting that North Inner City project up and running and and going. So I think the greatest loss it, it was his resignation. Um, but it did, obviously, that episode did Pascal Dunhu a, a significant amount of damage. Oh. And obviously, I think there's probably an element of payback in his comments to you yesterday. One final brief one. You know, Sinn Féin are saying if they'd known what Jonathan Dowdall is like, they would never have considered him as worthy as a member of the party or as to stood for election as a public representative, which he succeeded as. But what are the criteria for membership of Sinn Féin? What disqualifies a person, given that there are people, including elected representatives, TDs, who have served prison sentences? There are, and, and ultimately, I suppose, you know, it, it's ultimately down to the, the judgment call of a national executive or a kind of a, a vetting committee to make sure you're, 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 uh, you're suitable a candidate or not. I, I mean, ultimately, Matt, the, 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 the ultimate goal is a calculation that a party has to make is that, are you electable? Are you there? Are you actually going to fill the, 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 the purpose of getting elected into the doll and whether you have a criminal record or not? Should that be a barrier? Because obviously we know that there are people who have served time who have been a member of, of Leinster House and, and sitting as, as TDs who are involved with the old provisional IRA and then obviously involved with the, the official IRA going back even further. So we know that they're, you know, being being in prison is not a barrier to being a TD. And obviously in, in more recent times, people have been arrested on, you know, in relation to water charges, protests and, and bin charges, Joe Higgins, etc. Like that. So going to jail or being arrested is not a, is not an issue that precludes you from taking your seat in Leinster House. Thank you. However, I'm going to have to leave it there. Sorry, Thank man. you very much, Daniel McConnell, editor of the Business Post and Conor Gallagher, crime and security correspondent of the Irish Times. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and ever.